Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Transcendence Project. We're so excited to be diving into the Enneagram this week. Last week, we talked about self-awareness and some strategies to actually improve our self-awareness. And one of those strategies was that the tools that we can use, the physical tools and assessments that we can take. And like we said last week, one of the biggest ones, but one of the best ones to start with for beginners is the Enneagram. So today we're going to really dive into the Enneagram. What is the Enneagram? Give a brief description of some of the personality types before we start jumping into type by type in future episodes. Yes, and we definitely want to clarify that we view it as a tool and not as a personality test. And we're going to get into a little bit of why we say that. Um, But at first, you can look at the Enneagram and be a little overwhelmed. And, you know, it can be a little complicated to understand. Um, But even though with it being so complex, it's actually pretty simple. So um, I encourage you just for a visual, you can go on Google search and just look up an Enneagram diagram um, and you can see what it looks like for a visual reference. So basically, there are nine points to represent each uh, nine personality types and they are around the circumference of a circle and they're all connected to each other by the lines on the inside of the circle. So from one perspective, you can view the Enneagram as just simply nine distinct personality types. Um, And although you might find a little bit of yourself in each number, you're going to have one that stands out the most um, and that matches you the most. The reason why we like to describe this more as a tool and less like a personality test is because your Enneagram type is not likely to change ever. Um, According to the Enneagram Institute website, everyone emerges from childhood with one of the nine types dominating their personality, with inborn temperament and other prenatal factors being the main determinants of our type. In other words, most Enneagram experts believe that we are born with our dominant type. You'll actually be able to start to see this in kids early on. That's how you kind of know that people are born with this type, because it'll help you once you can determine their type, actually parent them better. You know, Laura and I don't have kids yet, but I can certainly see this in my niece and nephew, even at a young age, at Mm -hmm. four or five years old, you can start to decipher exactly what type they are. And it helps you when you're, when you're parenting them. Yeah. Your nephew is definitely a type eight because he challenges his parents quite often. (laughs) Um, So before we jump into uh, a little description of each types, there's a couple things that I want to point out specifically about the Enneagram. So, like I said, your type will not change from one dominant type to another, and not everything that's described for a specific type will apply to you. Um, A lot of times it will fluctuate depending on if you are in a healthy state, an average state, or an unhealthy state that make up your type. Um, And also, the numerical ranking has no significance. So, even though Nate is an 8 and I'm a 6, doesn't mean his number or his type is at greater than mine in any way. Um, this also means that not there's no one type that's better than another type. Uh, each type has their own strengths and their own weaknesses. They're going to have their own assets and their own liabilities. So 
Um, you know, you might find that you want to be a a different number and you might not like your number, but I really encourage you as you lean in and you take the test and you find out what you are, even if some of those negative parts of it are a little embarrassing, lean into that. Um, because you can really maximize not only your strengths, but your weaknesses as well. And what you want to do with the Enneagram is you actually want to find out those strengths and and lean into those strengths and maximize your strengths. And I encourage you that if there is another type that you really like some of their personality traits and you want to maybe become more like them, surround yourself with some friends like that. Yeah, that's good. Because they're going to challenge you in that area. Like I talked about last week, choosing friends wisely and creating a feedback-rich environment. It goes hand-in-hand with the Enneagram have all your friends take this, have your family take this. So that way, one, you guys can communicate better, but two, you can pinpoint exactly what you want to be challenged by that person. Something that I noticed as well um, is that I tend to surround myself with a lot of twos. And I don't know if there's any science behind that, but as I had friends that started to take the test and family members that started to take the test as well, there was a common denominator. A lot of them had a similar number. Um, and of course your family members might all have a different number, but as far as friends go, I have a lot of twos in my life. And lastly, before I jump into the different types, one thing I want to point out is you should never use the Enneagram as a way to hold it above someone's head for their weaknesses or point out their flaws. It's good to be aware. Um, maybe if you're in a a place of leadership, you know, be aware of the people on your team and, you know, their strengths as well as their weaknesses, but don't tear them down for it. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a place of, especially in leadership in a work environment, this is a really good tool to have your whole team take and then actually study every type, which in in these next couple episodes, we're going to go over every single type in pretty good detail and study every type. That way, the people below you, you know how to coach them, you know how to train them, you know how to lead them properly because everyone's going to process information differently. And this is actually going to help pull the differences out of each person. Yeah, that's good. Okay, now I want to get into uh, um, each type and a little description of each. So type one is the reformer. Type two is the helper. Type three is the achiever. Type four is the individualist. Type five is the investigator. Type six is the loyalist. Type seven is the enthusiast. Type eight is the challenger. And lastly, nine is the peacemaker. So for type ones, they're going to be principled, purposeful, self-control, and perfectionistic. Type twos are normally generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. Type three is adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. Type four is expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Type five is perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. Type six is engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type seven is spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. Type eight is self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And lastly, type nine is receptive, reassuring, complacent, and resigned. So all these types one may stick out to you a little bit more than the others, and that's probably going to be your dominant type. The other thing to keep in mind is that these aren't the gospel. You know, you're not going to resonate with every single trait of your dominant type because a lot of them fluctuate between the healthy and the unhealthy that Laura spoke about earlier. So the Enneagram does a great job of actually separating out some groups that have some similar characteristics, and they call them either groupings or centers. 
The first one's going to be the instinctive center or the body group. These are going to be ones that make decisions based off their gut instincts. These are going to be your ones, your eights, and your nines. Whenever they're coming to a decision, it's whatever they feel instinctively, that's what they're going to do. Now, the next one's going to be the feeling center. These are going to be your twos, threes, and fours, and they're actually going to make decisions based off of their heart, and they're also known as the heart group. They're going to make decisions based off their emotions, based off their feelings, based off the current situation. The next one's going to be the mind group or the thinking center. These are going to be your sevens, your sixes, and your fives. And you'll notice they're going to make more decisions based on overthinking and overanalyzing. These are going to be your biggest risk analysis people. These are going to be the people that actually think out a whole process and every outcome before actually doing something. Now, with these same groupings, they actually all have a negative emotion that you would tend to go towards if you're not in a state of joy or creativity. Your negative emotion for the the ones, the eights, and the nines is actually going to be anger. You're going to see that when you're not happy, chances are you're angry. Now, all of these types are going to experience anger in a lot different way. The ones are going to tend to internalize it. Your nines are going to tend to deny it and act like it's not there, even though it is there. And eights are going to externalize it. They're going to show you when they're angry. Now, the twos, the threes, and the fours, like we said, the heart or the feeling center these are going to feel sadness or shame a lot more. Again, they all experience it differently where a three is also going to deny it just like a nine. A two is going to try to get others to like them where a four is going to try to control it by being proud of being an individual and being different and being unique. And they're going to try to control that shame by putting it in. I'm different instead of just saying I feel out of place or I feel sad. The thinking center, their negative emotion that they tend to go to is fear or anxiety. They're going to fear the most out of the world. Specifically, sixes tend to fear the most (laughs) out of everyone. Um, You know, with the sevens, they fear an internal pain more than anything. So they try to avoid anything that could cause either them to cry or somebody else to cry or somebody else to be scared. They tend to try to make light of everything. Right. They don't like negative emotion, period. Yeah. Where a five is going to be a fear of the outer world and that they're scared that they're not going to be able to cope with it. That's why Mm -hmm. you see that they are a lot of time isolated. Yeah. um, As you said in the description before. So the Enneagram uses a circle diagram for a reason. You know, the, they could break it into just nine columns and nine lists of exactly, you know, what the different types are, but chances are you're going to fall somewhere on the circle that you, you're going to be close to your dominant number, but you're not going to be pinpointed just on your dominant mm-hmm. number. You're going to lean towards one of those adjacent numbers. So for a one, your adjacent numbers are going to either be a two or a nine where you're going to exhibit some of the traits of either a nine or of a two. They call this your wing. This is going to be your wing type where you're going to see I resonate a lot with that other one next to me, Mm -hmm. even though it's not my dominant type, it's going to express some of those traits and some of those positives and some of those negatives. Yeah. So with me being a six wing seven and my brother being a seven wing six, there's a lot of um, common things that I've noticed. And even though we, I'm eight years older than him, there's still a lot of similarities between the two of us and how we think compared to my sister, who is a four. To truly understand your type and your personality, you're going to have to know your dominant type and your wing type Mm -hmm. because there's going to be a lot of coaching, especially for people who have what they call a strong wing, meaning they're almost right in the middle between the two. They just tend to lean towards one just a tad more. 
Now, there's some of us that are very dominant with our dominant personality trait. I, for one, am very dominant with mine. I only lean towards a seven just a slight bit, um, but I'm almost right exactly on an eight. And we'll reference a test to take in the description that's going to tell you exactly how much of your type you are. It's also going to tell you your wing, and it's also going to tell you your subtype. Yeah. So there's actually three subtypes to every single type. And these three subtypes are going to let you know a little bit more of how you work with different people. So the first one's going to be self-preservation. These are going to be people that are more worried about their safety and more worried about preserving their self and more worried about practical things such as proper sleep, proper diet, money, their job, their security. They want to make sure that their needs are taken care of. Then you're going to have what they call an intimate type or a sexual type. And this is somebody that does really good one-on-one. They don't always mean it as a sexual way of physical intimacy or physical attraction. They just do good in a one-on-one conversation Mm -hmm. rather than a large group of people. They're more worried about the actual chemistry or the the subconscious connection Mm -hmm. of people rather than the networking. Right. What you're going to see is closely related to that one because it has to do with other people is going to be the social subtype. The social subtype are your social butterflies that want to network with as many people and want to know as many people. They're going to do the best in large groups. So these people are going to be the people that are floating around talking to everybody and really trying to build a connection with as many people as possible versus really trying to build a deep connection with one or two. Now, Laura earlier spoke about a healthy versus an average versus an unhealthy and what that means. And this is what you're going to see fluctuate the most. Your type is not going to fluctuate. Your wing most likely will never fluctuate and your subtype most likely will never fluctuate. Now to really, like I said, become self-aware, you really need to know all three and the test below is going to tell you all three. And that's why I recommend taking that one. Just a little side note, when you click on the link, there's going to be two tests. There's going to say Enneagram test one and Enneagram test two. Make sure you take the second one. And something that I want to point out is there's there's not a, you know, reason why we're trying to push this exact website um, to take the test on. But you need to be careful about, you know, not just going on the Internet and searching, you know, the first Enneagram test that pops up. This one is going to be really insightful and gives a lot more detail than just, oh, hey, you're a six wing seven. It's going to give you all the things that you want to know about your type. I've had almost everybody in my organization take this type or this test. And I've had multiple family members and friends take this test as well. And we find that this one is the most accurate when it comes to deciphering your dominant, your wing and your subtype. And something else I want to point out too, if you feel like you tend to um, not be quite honest with where you're at, it might be good to have someone that you trust help you take the test. Someone that is willing to say, "Mm," like Nate, for example, uh, I tried to take it the first time and it was not um, the correct type at all. And we sat down and he helped me and he even asked me, okay, uh, for this question, it says, I have a bright lookout on a bright view on every situation. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, optimistic. And he was like, no, you're not. (laughs) Now, Laura looks at the worst possible situation and everything. Right. So without him being there to, to be accountable and to help me, you know, be honest, with, you know, my actual thoughts, I probably would have never gotten a correct result. So I encourage you, if you feel like, "Mm, I don't, on some of these questions, I'm not sure, have someone that you trust help you take the test. 
Now back to healthy, average, unhealthy. What does this even mean? You're going to fall on a scale. So I think the Enneagram Institute does a great job of showing the different levels as they break down a brief description of what it means to be healthy, what it means to be average, and what it means to be unhealthy. And this is actually going to show you you know, where you're at with your self-awareness. And as you become more self-aware, this is where you have a clear path and a clear goal of things that you need to work on to stay in a healthy state. Yep. And if you read through all the types or listen to these future episodes, or we're going to go over what it means to be healthy and what it means to be unhealthy, you're going to see that the healthy types are the people that make the world better. The unhealthy types are the people that make the world worse. And obviously we all want to be those that contribute to the world and make the world a better place and make it better for our friends, our family, for ourselves even. And by doing this self-awareness assessment and by starting this this path of personal growth and having the starting point, you're going to see that it's going to be easier for you to contribute more to your life, to your circle of friends and to the world in general as you take a path to what it means to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And each type's version of healthy is going to look different. So for example, Nate's version of healthy for his type is going to look completely opposite to my type, just because we both have different strengths. And when we lean into those strengths, they're going to look a lot different. Um, I definitely know when I'm in an unhealthy um, state because I tend to shrink back because fear is one of the biggest struggles of a six. And I, I tend to fear a lot of things. And so I know that when I'm in a healthy state, I'm not as fearful. And it's so easy for me to recognize, wow, okay, I'm living in a healthy state. And it's kind of freeing when you can recognize, okay, this is how this is how I live in a healthy state. And the only way to get to that healthy state is to be open to growth. Like we talked about last week, the the best thing that follows self-awareness is Mm self-acceptance. The moment you start getting defensive and contracting, you're going to start reverting back to what you're going to see is the low average or the unhealthy state when you can actually be open to that feedback and wanting to grow and move forward and learn, you know, what are my weaknesses? What are my strengths and actually accept them? This is me. That's when you're going to start to see you lean more towards the healthy side and just exemplifying your strengths and mitigating your weaknesses. And the reason why Nate and I are so passionate about the Enneagram is because it is insanely accurate. I mean, every part of it, all the details that it gives for each type is directly in line with those people. You know, like when we had our family take the test, it was like, wow, okay, that is exactly you. I remember my sister when she took it and, you know, because it also, it doesn't just, you know, show the good side of your type. It's going to tell you the negative things. I remember her texting me saying, this is embarrassing because it's like every negative thought or every negative um, habit that you might have is out for the world to see when you uh, know your type. But it it will increase communication. I feel like Mm -hmm. this has made our marriage even stronger because we've been able to communicate more clearly to each other. And we all know a lot of things that happen that cause drama or chaos in life is a breakdown of communication right? and being able to clearly communicate better, being able to coach my team better at work, being able to talk to my friends in a proper way and challenge them and call them out for whenever I see them start to head towards that average state or commend them when they're starting to head towards that healthy state. This has just opened up so much more opportunity to have those conversations. Yeah. I, I don't think there's an area in our life where we don't use the Enneagram as a tool because it just, Everything about it is so true. It's so valuable. Um, All of the knowledge that it can bring to a relationship, a friendship, to a family dynamic or a business. Um, 
we've just seen how how much insight it can bring. Now, when you guys are looking at the chart, you may get confused a little bit. Hey, why is there lines going across mm-hmm. the middle? What do these lines mean? We already described what the circle means. That's where you fall with the personality types. What the lines represent are actually going to represent where you start to head towards when you're in a growth or a healthy state and where you start to head towards if you're in a stressful or unhealthy state. So your growth one is going to be, you're going to start to exhibit some of the traits of that, of that other type that shows that you are in a healthy state. So one, for instance, we'll use this as an example is a perfectionist. They want everything. They're very rigid, very serious. You'll notice when a, when a one is comfortable and when a one is in a healthy state, they go towards their growth number, which is actually a seven. So they're going to have more fun. They're going to be more spontaneous. They're going to be a little bit goofier and not as rigid. Mm -hmm. And you'll see this. We see this with Laura's dad a lot. Yeah. When he's at work, he's at work. Mm -hmm. He's serious. But when we're sitting around with a family and having a good time, he lets he's loose. laughing, he's yep. joking, and he's having a good time. Yeah. And he's definitely in a healthy state of what it means to be a one. And your stress one is going to be the opposite of that. You're going to start to exhibit some of the negative traits of that other type. If you are in stress or if you under too much pressure, you're going to start to revert back to some of their unhealthy traits. So you're going to start to see some of those unhealthy traits exhibit through. Now, I know we just covered a lot and it seems very overwhelming and very complex, but what I encourage you to do is listen to these next episodes. We're going to go through each type. We're going to spend a whole episode on each type and really break down what that type means, what its strengths are, what is healthy, what is unhealthy, what are your growth, what is your stress, you know, what types are you very compatible with, you know, all the different dynamics, the wings, the subtypes for that type and really break it down. And what I encourage you to do is learn as much as possible about your type first. Yeah. Then if you're married or have a significant other, learn as much as possible about their type Mm -hmm. next. Then try to learn the whole thing. Because as you learn your type, you're going to get the grasp of all that it has to offer. And then when you start to learn your spouse's type, you know, that's the person you want to have the clearest communication with in general, because that's your partner for life. And then you, if you start to listen to, all the types. And that's when you can actually take it into your teams at work. Mm -hmm. This is when you can take it into your friends, your family, and just increase your relationships and your, your coaching at work, your leadership across the board. So in this next week, I encourage you to click that link below and um, go ahead and take the test before we dive into type one. I will also say too, that as you become more familiar with the Enneagram overall, I know for Nate and I, we've become so familiar with the overall traits of each type that it becomes very easy to predict what someone is going to be. You can almost guarantee that they're going to be the type that you've said from the beginning, because it is pretty simple to understand once you get the hang of it and understand the wings and the subtypes and all of that. Um, Another thing that I want to get into is resources. One of my favorites is the EnneagramInstitute.com. It's going to give you, once you know your type, it's going to give you a lot of insight. You can um, go to their website and just click learn and you can click your type. You can can read between the relationships between two types and um, the pitfalls that you might have, uh, the things that you might do really well at together. Uh, This was very, very insightful for Nate and I. This described our marriage almost to a T yes. in our relationship and the cause of most of our disagreements or arguments, it would, it would almost pinpoint the exact cause of it. And we're like, man, this, right. this is accurate. Yeah. And, and to an extent it, it has actually helped us, um, 
not only have better communication skills, but I feel like we know how to have a conversation um, just between each other because we understand where both of us are coming from because we know our types. Nate knows that I'm going to be the one that's going to think it all through and be a little bit hesitant. Um, And I know Nate is the one that's always going to challenge. (laughs) He loves a good debate. And so I know that being his wife, I'm ready for that whenever he's ready for a debate. <laughs> Sometimes we, I'll start a debate just to have a debate. Yeah. It's, it's fun for me. And now Laura knows it's that so it's so annoying. <laughs> Laura knows that it's fun for me and she'll, she'll play along sometimes just to debate with me. Sometimes, sometimes. Um, and then lastly, there's two books that I really like that I recently read. Uh, the first one is The Road Back to You, An Enneagram Journey to Self-Discovery. It's by Ian Cron. Um, which he actually has a podcast, right? Yes. Typology. Yes. It's probably one of the, if not the best on really describing more in depth of the Enneagram. So we're going to go through each type, but he actually brings on guests of each type and has conversations with them. And you'll actually be able to see, once you know all the types, you'll actually be able to see a lot of those traits come through and just even general conversation. And by listening to that, it's going to help you decipher, you know, other types in your day-to-day life, like I said, which is going to really help with your teams, especially at work. Yeah. And for me, I don't actually have a lot of sixes in life um, around me. So when I listen to an episode where he has a six on, it's like, oh my gosh, I actually have someone to relate to. It's so accurate. And it's like, wow, I actually feel understood. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, uh, another book is The Path Between Us, An Enneagram Journey to Healthy Relationships by Suzanne Stable. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, But both of those books are really good. I would encourage you to read The Road Back to You first before you read The The Path Between Us. Um, Both of those are going to be full of a wealth of knowledge to really understand your number at a new level because Ian Cron definitely goes into depth with each trait. Even though the Enneagram's been so recent that it's become very popular in the general public, this test goes back It's been around forever, yeah. It's been around for an extremely long Mm -hmm. time, and now people are just really starting to find out how accurate it is and use it more and more. And ultimately, the goal is to see the perspective of all nine types, see that everybody has their strengths, and find out how we can all work together. Yeah. That's the goal of the Enneagram. Like Laura said earlier, it's not to marginalize anybody or put anybody in a box or condemn anybody for their faults. It's to see how can we work together as a team with all these different personality types and how can we make the world a better place? Yeah. Life would be boring if there was only one type. (laughs) Unless they were all eights. We're a lot of fun. (laughs) I will also say too, on Instagram, you can find plenty of Enneagram accounts that will do just, you know, different funny memes for your type and, you know, different situations. Um, And, you know, you can see who we're following because we follow plenty of Enneagram accounts. I get a lot of fun out of those as well. Yeah. So as serious as the Enneagram is, there's a lot of fun behind it. Like Laura said, I mean, some of these things will just tell you how do you view a glass half full or a glass half Mm -hmm. empty. And some of these things will just make you laugh when you're sitting with your group of friends that can read through them. And you're like, yeah, that's exactly what you do. We there was one that was talking about um, how each type is on vacation, specifically a beach. And it was just funny to see like. Oh yeah. Type one. Yep. My dad would do that. Type two. Yep. Yeah. My mom is bringing all the snacks. Uh, type seven. He's going to bury himself in the sand. Yep. That's my brother. And it's just so funny just to see how accurate those things are. 
So with all that said, we are so thankful that you joined us for episode two. We look forward to being with you next week. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us over on Instagram. I'm at It's Laura Stevens. I'm at the period Nate Stevens. And you can also subscribe over on YouTube because we're going to be putting out exclusive content that is made specifically for video content and not for audio format. So definitely be sure to subscribe over there. And if you love this podcast, please be sure to leave a review and give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. We're so excited next week to dive into type one. What does it mean to be healthy? What does it mean to be unhealthy? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? So join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm. Bye.